growing up, one of my favorite types of books was the Where's Waldo books, where you would be challenged to find Waldo amidst the chaos of life. He many times was, was hiding in plain sight, but with everything else that was trying to drag your attention away, you had to focus and center yourself. And the hope and the challenge was that it became easier to see Waldo when you knew what you were looking for. And I I think to myself, how often in our lives have we lost sight of what we're supposed to be looking for? And so therefore, the chaos of life can drag our attention many different directions. And as we hear that, let's hear these words from Mark chapter 12, beginning in verse 38, where it says, In his teachings, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplaces, and they have the best seats in the synagogue and the places of honor at feast, who, who devour widows' houses and, and for a pretense make long prayers, and they will receive the greater condemnation. This is Jesus talking about the scribes. And it talks about him and the disciples. And it says that they sat down opposite the treasury and they watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums and a poor widow came and she put in two small copper coins, which makes approximately a penny. And he called his disciples to him and he said to them, truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had and all she had to live on. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So last week we kind of looked at this idea of how we live into the incarnation, God in flesh, and how we are called to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, not to conform to the ways of this world. And this week's text points us to a truth on how we can accomplish this. Our our text points us to a deep truth that what we watch, what we see, matters. And this is important as we seek to be more like Jesus Christ. I mean, as we look at this idea of being called to be transformed, if we seek to do so, we need to reconcile the importance of what we are watching, what we are taking in, to the truth of who we are becoming. For instance, if I was to begin to tell you all of my favorite movies or TV shows, favorite songs and artists, the podcast that I listen to, you would begin to to formulate an image of who I am in your mind. And this is because that you would know things that, that influence me, those things that I take in, those things that have an impact on me. And so as you begin to know what has this impact on me, you think you know more about me. Which raises the question, what are we taking in? What are we looking at? What are we listening to? What are we watching? What is our focus in our lives? If you've ever watched on Netflix or or Hulu, um, as you watch one show, it will then give you a list entitled Suggested for You. 
And over a, a matter of time, these streaming platforms curate this kind of w- list opposed, uh, compared to what you have watched in your past. And over time, the availability for shows reflects what you have done or watched or taken in previously. And it kind of limits your worldview. It limits your availability to see other things um, because it starts to say, what you wa- this is what you watch and so this is what you will like. And it's not just streaming platforms. Facebook is the same way. Whatever it is that you d- like or dislike, it, it curates what you're seeing. Uh, your worldview becomes limited by your likes and dislikes. If you like certain things, it will show you more feed, more stuff on your news feed about that. And if you dislike it, it will start to take things away. Or uh, and it, what, what you take in matters. And what we start to see is that our worldview can be limited by what we take in. We can limit what we see, and and this sometimes means that we miss out on the amazing. That, That what we can take in can shape us, it can define us, but so often we find ourselves, um, taking in those things that benefit us and our desires, and so we are not seeing anything beyond what we want. So, so if we are seeking to live into the incarnation, as we talked about last week, who or, or what should we be watching? What should we be taking in into our lives, into our hearts, into our minds? Who or what should be our, our influencers, to take a word from the culture of today? In our text, Jesus is addressing this idea of focus. And that what we focus on, what our focus is, matters. And he points the disciples to kind of opposing views or approaches to life and to things that people tend to focus on. He starts off by pointing out the scribes and their problematic behavior. The scribes were the religious professionals of the day. They were the ones that people would look to for guidance and counsel, for comfort and care. They were the the, the quote-unquote experts of God's law, but the scribes desired to be like the wealthy of the day. And so their focus was always to get more, to receive more, to, to be viewed higher And this led them to some problematic behaviors. And this is what we hear about in verse 38, that their greed and their desire for more led them to unfaithful territory. The first thing that Jesus points out is their clothes, that that others will uh, will look at them and they and they because they were wearing these elaborate and ornate robes um, to be seen, and that others will know that they are someone by their outward appearance. And how often do we find ourselves trying to present in a way that says, "I am someone," and, and they're seeking to present in a manner that demands respect? And Jesus goes on to talk about how how they long to be seen um, and acknowledge that they that they take the place of honor the best seats and that they are are, he goes on and says they're taking from the widows under this disguise of of piety but they're truly seeking to grow their own wealth and status that they will take and take and take 
under the disguise of we're doing what God called us to do. But what they're seeking is, is to find themselves in a place of authority, in a place of status, that they would even extort widows for money and food, that they have forgotten how to love and serve God's people because they have started to manipulate the law, the word of God to benefit self. And their focus is on self, an individual, and, and on wanting to present in a manner that says, I am one to be put on a pedestal. And, and they find themselves, by doing so, as influencers, even though they are doing what is wrong, people still look to them for guidance and identity. And, and, they, fo- and they focused on them as kind of those standard bearers, and their worldview had become limited as they thought the focus of the scribes was the proper focus. Um, and this is something, for many of us, we have found ourselves buying into this trick and this trap of we focus on those people that proclaim that they are sharing the good news. Yet what they are seeking to promote is the kingdom of self and and to put themselves on pedestals. And we go, ah, that falls in line with what I want and desire, so I'm going to watch and listen to that. And what anybody else says that doesn't fall in line, I'm going to limit that because I don't want to hear that. I want to hear this. And, and so what happens is as we begin to take in these types of things, our worldview, kind of like what we were talking about with Facebook and Netflix, begins to become more and more limited by what we have taken in. But Jesus is saying that we need to look somewhere else. That... You can't, he's saying you can't follow me but hope to become like them. That if you're seeking power and wealth and prestige and honor, you're focusing on the wrong things and missing what following me is all about. He's saying following me isn't about just conforming to the ways of the world but being transformed. It's, it's about being something new and different. It's not about being and buying into the ways of the world of, of money and power and prestige. And so he takes them, the disciples, to this, this worship service. And as they begin to watch the people putting into the treasury, and they see what and how the rich are giving, they, they, the disciples are drawn to this. They say, oh, look at how much they're giving. They're giving all the money. Look at, look at how much they have. Look at how, how they have been blessed. The, those who are giving so much, I, that's what we should be like. And Jesus and the disciples are sitting there watching all this. And, he, and Jesus, in plain sight, looks at the disciples and says, you're focusing on the wrong thing. You're, you're missing it. You're, you're focused on, on these that are giving the most. And Jesus points them to this widow that they could have easily lost sight of because they didn't want to be like her, lowly in status and financial, lowly in society, And Jesus addresses that though their gifts were different, and the big gifts are the ones that the disciples noticed in what gets seen, but he points out that this minuscule gift that is is too small to even be seen, this is where our focus should be. He points out that if your focus is on being seen and acknowledged, then we have missed the point. Because the big gifts were given out of a surplus, while this woman's, this widow's gift is given out of everything that she had. The woman was willing to give everything to God. 
She was willing to enable she was willing and able to do what others were not willing and able to do. To submit fully to God and say, I don't have much, but everything I have is yours. And Jesus wants them, the disciples, to see the real thing. And he's holding these two uh, kind of focuses, these two kind of worldviews up by, next to one another. So that we can see that true tr- submission to our Lord and our God looks like this. It's a living a life like Christ. So that we can see what it means to truly live into this incarnation. And this transformation. I mean, just after this, Jesus is going to go and give, his, give it all, His very life on the hill of Calvary. It, but the question is, so what is Jesus trying to say here? Jesus is calling us and the disciples to shift our focus, to shift where we look and what it is that we are taking in. Jesus is telling us not to miss it which we can so easily do as we begin to focus on the predictable, on our own wants and our own desires, as we become so self-focused and worldly focused on what the world says is right and what we should be doing instead of being God-focused, that we miss it. I mean, you hear as Jesus talks about the separation of the sheep and the goats, and he talks about the visiting of the imprisoned and the giving to those in need, the feeding of the hungry, the clothing of the naked, all of these things. And the answer that we hear from those that did and those that did not is, God, when did we see you in this way? We never, we never saw you that way, God. And those that did not said, God, if we would have seen you that way, we would have absolutely done something. And the ones that did anyway said, God, we didn't even know we were doing it. And he says, it's because you're looking at the wrong thing. Your focus has become wrong. You're not seeing what is actually happening in our world. You're not seeing where I'm calling us to be. You're not seeing what true discipleship looks like, what living into the incarnation looks like, because we have bought into this worldly view of Christianity instead of being disciples of Jesus Christ. We have bought into the idea of this comfortability of church membership as opposed to following Jesus wherever it is that he calls us to go. And it's because so often we are not paying attention to what we are watching and what we are taking in because who we are watching and what we are taking in shapes who and what we are becoming. In his song in the early 2000s, Brandon Heath says, Give me your eyes for just one second, O God. Give me your eyes so that I can see everything that I've been missing. Give me your love for humanity. Give me your arms for the broken heart, the ones that are far beyond my reach. And, and, and for many of us, we go, no, I, I've got it all figured out. God, I don't need you to open my heart, my mind, my eyes. I don't need to, to reach out to those that have been marginalized by society. And our text this morning says, you're missing it. So, so maybe this morning we need to take a step back and go, God, Too long I have been focused on the ways of this world, on my own wants and desires. God, open my eyes, my heart, my mind, that I would not miss it. That I would focus on you and where you are calling me to be and what you are calling me to do and how you are calling me to serve in this world. Because as we hear in our text, that what we take in matters. Who we are watching matters about who we are becoming. 
We also have to realize as we proclaim the name of Jesus Christ, as we proclaim to be living into the incarnation, that people are watching us as well. So what is it that we are proclaiming? How is it that we are shaping those coming behind us? How is it those that we are, we are shaping this world for Jesus Christ? Or are we shaping it for our own world vision? God, we come asking you to refocus our hearts and minds this day. That we would give all that we are and have to you. That we would not give from our abundance, but we would give from all that we are. And say, God, take and use me. God, us, oh God, that we would submit and give up of ourselves. That we would lose ourselves, that we may serve you more fully this day. Oh God, focus us on your call to be your disciples in a world that so badly needs to see, hear, and feel your presence. Amen.